Chris Jericho joined the Don Callis family. This is one of the big talking points coming out of AEW Dynamite last night, along with the budding bromance that was MJF and Adam Cole. We're going to talk all about this on today's episode of Revolution Radio. What's up, people? It's your boy, Max Rosmaniac, if you will, reporting for Revolution Radio duty. I'm alongside my co-host. Yo, people, it's your boy, NK, aka the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. We are here, man. We are here. What did you think of Dynamite last night, NK? Meh. I thought it was a meh episode. I was like, uh, what was that? I was just very meh. Um, there was a lot of like, I think it was like a storyline progression episode. There was a lot of vignettes. I saw a lot of vignettes. Um, I know if you would be happy about that. But um, yeah, I don't know. If it, was a, it was an all right episode. Like, I guess like things progressed forward, but there wasn't anything like, must see about this dynamite, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was a skippable episode to me, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I feel like it was just standard TV stuff, yeah. It was, it was, yeah. um, like you say, there was nothing that you definitely needed to see. We definitely saw something in the beginning of this Jericho needing to reinvent himself almost again, um, and where that's going to lead to, and then obviously the great TV that was MJF and Adam Cole. Outside of that, yeah, I wouldn't say there was much else in terms of new stuff. I do have some questions for some of the stuff that they've done um, and what trans transpired. Um, also, I wanted to ask you before we get into and um, talk about Dynamite, Collision. How have you been finding Collision in general? What are we, three weeks in now? Um, I think the fourth episode is is this Saturday since the inception of it. How have you been finding it? I thought Collision's been good. I think Collision, I wouldn't say it's been like, some episodes haven't been must-see, but I think it's been good. I think I've gotten a lot more usage out of guys like um, Andrade, for sure. I think Collision right now needs a super hot storyline. Right now, it's building stuff, and it's only three episodes in, so I kind of give it grace. But I think it needs a hot angle right now, just something at the top of the card that really puts like like an elite versus Blackpool Combat Club stuff that, that we got on Dynamite. Collision needs that. I think once it has that, it's going to be an excellent show. Right now, I think it's a good show. Um, and it, it's definitely above Rampage. I don't think it's filler. I think it's like, it's in between like, okay, must-see Dynamite and then a Rampage. It's like in that middle spot where it's like, yeah, it's worthwhile. It's worth your time watching. Like you, you'll definitely get some mileage out of it, especially with guys like a Bullet Club Gold, um, the whole Andrade versus um, House of Black stuff. But it needs a hot angle, in my opinion. It needs just that one angle to really, you know, make it like must-see TV. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, it's just a lot of kind of right now good stuff. There's like yeah. nothing like amazing or mind blowing or anything. Um, I felt like the last episode last week helped by having MJF on it. Um, mm. but then he done his squash match and then Ethan Page came out. I was thinking, mm, well, Ethan Page and MJF doesn't excite me. Um, <laughs> Ethan Page did cut a very good promo um however yeah i just i feel like a show where especially trying to get off the ground in collision could have done with someone a bit more high profile than ethan page in that position um but he did he did do a good job um you know people have been tracking the numbers i saw a few tweets on the numbers of it and you know there's been a steady decline which 
you know, obviously everyone's going to tune in for the first episode. I think the first episode had over 800,000 views. Yeah. Um, since then, but for those that care about numbers, like, yeah, it's not, it, it's not looking good, um, which would have always been hard to maintain um, on a Saturday night. I think that was the initial problem that we all identified that Saturday night yeah. wrestling live was always going to be a bit of an issue. Um, but yeah, there, I think there is a bit more. They're definitely above Rampage, but there's definitely a bit more they can be doing. It's, I think the problem part of it is this beef, you know, of this man can't come to this show and this man can't, go, like, I beg, like, this is what's going to end the show and handicap it. Yeah. Um, that would be nice to get that out of the way. I might be dreaming saying that, but um, yeah, that's one of the things that could improve the show but i think it's i think i think this week's show looks very good obviously they got a lot of the semi-finals yeah. of the owen tournament not that owen tournament in in itself has been great but the matches athena willow i think we're getting punk joe um stocks and powerhouse hobbs even so yeah there's a lot of good stuff there this this coming week um so yeah hopefully a good episode to pick it up again yeah for sure um with the owen tournament i'm not ex- I think they've done a better job than they did last year. They have in terms of presenting it. I just said, do you know what it is? I think the the opposite problem has occurred. I think last year had better personnel, bad presentation. I think this year has better presentation, but the personnel isn't. Roderick, like only thing I'm excited for is Roderick Strong and Samoa Joe. Like I mean, no, no, I mean CM Punk and Samoa Joe because Roderick Strong yeah, was yeah. like CM week. Punk and Samoa Joe. And that seems to be a good match, but I don't know. I just feel. But you know what? That's that's even a good match. I don't. Yeah, I'm gonna say it only because of heritage, because of Ring of Honor heritage. It's not necessarily a good match because you know people will necessarily want to see these two together. It's literally continuing a story that AEW have pinched from Ring of Honor, albeit Ring mm-hmm. of Honor is now their 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 entity. So if there wasn't that heritage, that that background story, that Punk has never beaten Joe and Joe's an absolute killer. Would we care as much of this match? Um, It'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. You know, you assume that Punk finally gets his win here and enters up, goes to the final. Um, On the other side, it's, you know, Ricky Starks and Hobbs. And as much as Hobbs probably needs this, Ricky Starks is, you know, I guess he's been kind of been handpicked by Punk previously. And this could be a good way to get them two together in some capacity. So, We'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, the in terms of match quality anyway, or just big matches, big big match feel, it feels like this week will be particularly good. Um, right, let's talk about um last night's AEW Dynamite emanating from um Ed- Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Um show opened up. They're still in Canada. How much longer are they in Canada for? I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think they got one more date there. I think I don't know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think they said they're going to um that place that Brock Lesnar's from. Where else is it called? Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're going to Saskatchewan next week or something, or maybe on the weekend for Collision. Mm-hmm. Um. Cool. All right. First match. We're, we're jumping straight in. It was this um the blind eliminator tag tournament. We still haven't seen brackets for this as promised two weeks ago, but. This match was very, very fun with um, Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen teaming up against um, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Funny enough, previous um, AEW tag team champions. 
Keith Lee played from the jump that, you know, I ain't messing with Swerve, ignored Swerve on the entrance where he made his way down to the ring. We saw the usual kind of opening spots of kind of comedic value with Orange Cassidy when he was in. We saw the absolute bill across the ring of what um, Keith Lee done to, to Darby Allen. And um, Grizzly Magnum's in the corner to Orange Cassidy as well. And Orange Cassidy put his hands in his pockets and was just getting chopped and fell to the ground. All that good stuff. The match picked up. Some really good exchanges between um, all the men involved here. Um, we saw um, Swerve Strickland miss his 450. He landed on Keith Lee, but was laughing. He didn't, he didn't mind kind of um, hitting Keith Lee with the 450. Um, Orange Cassidy um, hit a DDT on Strickland. Um, there was another diving DDT, I think, onto Keith Lee on the floor. And then we saw um, Darby Allen get yet another victory over Swerve Strickland. Pinned him for the win for him and Orange Cassidy. Um, th- them man showed respect to Keith Lee after the, after the match. Um I thought this was a very fun match to kind of kickstart. I think I said it last week that I feel like Keith Lee is coming back. Like, I feel like he's progressively looking more like himself and he took steps last week. I think he's taking steps this week again. Um, in fact, before I get to my question, what, what did you think of this match? Um, This match was a solid opener, man. Um, You know, you can't go wrong with Orange Cassidy. Again, obviously, they said the um all-Atlantic international title match. But again, Orange Cassidy is just Mr. Reliable. And obviously, you know, big up um, Darby, Swerve and Keith Lee. All of them are very good wrestlers. And yeah, Keith Lee is looking like himself because he looks like himself. He's ditched he, he's ditched the grey hair. You know, he's ditched the cape. He looks like Keith Lee again. You know what I'm saying? I think he's slimmed down a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, for what I can see. So, yeah, like I thought that was a great opener. Um... With this tag tournament again, I I don't think I don't think I think they've just forgotten about brackets and it's gonna do random matches, which kind of like I'm not inv- I'm not invested in the tool I'm invested in the tournament because of one angle and we'll get to that later. But um, as an opening match, I thought it was a great opening match. Um, like, it's it's gonna be interesting to see how far um Derby and um on Cassidy go. I don't see them winning it, but. That'll be an interesting thing there. Who knows? Maybe they could set up Derby as a, another all um international um opponent for um Orange Cassidy. But yeah, good opener. So my first question is: Was this just for the sake of a one-off match, or I I can't see right now the value of making Swerve and Keith Lee team together with all their history and everything for a first round exit which hasn't necessarily paid off on this show just yet is there anything there you could see like why why what's the point in this was it literally just to put enemies on the same team and done like yeah i thought uh i just think was like okay how can we justify a dynamite match between people we're not gonna announce. We're not gonna announce brackets. So okay, what's a what's a good match that will look good on a card? Ah, Swerve and Keith Lee coming back together. That's it. That's that's the only justification. I like when I saw this match, I I figured they were gonna lose, and I don't and I don't see this feud continuing. Oh, really, I you know, thought they'd lose. Yeah, I thought they'd lose. Yeah. Um. I um. I don't see the feud continuing. Mm. I feel like Keith Lee versus Swerve is past the sell by date. 
Um, if you if you're gonna resume the feud now, what's the point? I felt like they should have like I don't think they should have even been in like against Derby and Orange Cassidy. I thought they should have been against someone else, but they're here. I don't know. I just felt like it was one of these things where it was just like, oh, like for one night only, these guys are going to be teaming again and then they're just going to go their separate ways as per usual. And then I don't know what Swell's going to do. I don't know what Keith's going to do. But yeah, I just think it's just a one time only thing. Okay. Okay. We'll see. Um, yeah, maybe it's, it's past it. So they just need to leave it as that and nothing more. Um, my other question Orange Cassidy. After all the defenses we were getting of this title in the last three weeks, I think it is now, there's been no defense tag matches. Do you think they are beginning to now plot who will take the title from him? Yeah. Like they don't want to just keep giving him matches now, but like gonna be like you know, rinse it like how Jade Cargill was maybe rinsed, and it's now as a thing of all right, let's put him in other spots as we kind of prepare who the next guy is gonna be. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think it's. I think right now. I think what they're doing with main mainly all their except for the TNT, but with most of their men's champions right now is stalling. Mm. Um. Obviously, we see it with MJF. MJF doesn't. Def- with MJF, it makes sense for his character because doesn't wrestle that much anyway for the title. Mm. But I think with Orange Cassidy, yeah, that they're gonna. They've given him like an out to not defend his title because he's competing in this tag tournament. Yeah. Um. But yeah. once, like, once they have a dramatic exit, I think then it's time for Orange to lose. Like, we're not at the stage yet where it's like the title run's gone dead. Mm. But um, yeah, I think it's I think it's 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 safe to say the title runs in this latter stages. So yeah. Um. Right now, I mean, he defended the title at Forbidden Door, so I was like, maybe what two weeks ago. So I don't think that. Yeah. So maybe he can have a couple weeks off. And then once he exits this tournament, they're just gonna throw him to the wolves. I think it's Miro, to be honest, because mm. the the Miro squash matches have to be leading somewhere. You can't be having those squash matches for no reason. It yeah. has to be something of like you're building momentum towards something. Or if they do a thing here where it's like, okay, can they? They haven't done a can they coexist yet, but like Derby and Orange Cassidy, that pairing is interesting. Maybe it's a thing where it's like, okay, we've lost, but you know. I want I want a shot at your title. Who mm. knows? Who knows? Okay. So yeah, there's a couple of um possibilities there. All right, let's move on. Post this match, we had a vignette of Nick Wayne. This is the youngster that AEW signed, gave a contract to at the age of 16. He couldn't wrestle until he was 18. Darby was pretty much narrating, telling the story of, you know, um, he started training with with Nick and his dad. The dad passed away and kind of Darby took um, Nick Wayne under his wing. Um, oh. Said, he's, you know, he'll promise to help him out, give him everything he needs and everything like that. And um, it's almost Darby um, introducing Nick Wayne to the AEW crowd. Um, and they later on on the show announced that Nick Wayne's making his debut next week, um, yeah. which is which is pretty um, interesting. Um, I'm, I'm just I'm just interested really to see the capacity like beyond the debut. How are they going to use him? Obviously, he's still at a very um, tender age. Do you, what, do, what do you think his involvement in the AEW roster uh, may be? Um, I don't, I'm not I'm not too sure. Um, I thought the vignette was a good was a good thing. It was yeah. kind of introduced. It gave him like not only introduced him to the crowd, but also linked him to like a top star 
in AW and kind of gave us a backstory of that who he is. Um, I thought that was really good because I'm not somebody who's too familiar. I've seen Nick Wayne matches, but I'm not that familiar with him. I've only seen a match with him and Osprey, maybe I think him and Swerve. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, in terms of his role in AEW, obviously, AEW is a very stacked roster. Um, and like, I'm sure for the first couple of weeks, he'll be pushed like us that you know, he's he's a new signing, they'd want to make him relevant. But in terms of his overall standing in AW, I have no idea. Um, I'll I'll because I my first go to is okay if he's a young guy feuding with a veteran, but Christians. I mean, I don't know if this Christian Wardlow thing's gonna continue. I hope not. But um, I wouldn't say push him straight to the TNT title, but have him have a feud with like an older statesman in the company. But a lot of them are preoccupied. Like Jericho's got this callous stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, so I don't know. But I just say pairing pairing him with like a veteran in a company is always a good story. Young young guy versus veteran, you know, it's an easy way to get someone over. So but I don't know what they're gonna do with Nick Wayne. Um I don't really have any expectations of Nick Wayne. Nick Wayne's not somebody that like um I've followed like religiously or anything like that. So yeah, we'll just have to see what happens with him on the main roster. But I think this vignette is a good start. It's a it's a good introduction. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's a big talent, that's for sure. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see. You know, the, even still rubbing shoulders. He's been rubbing shoulders with the likes of Derby, Swerve Strickland. Um, but from the indies to you know primetime TV at the age of 18 is a massive jump. Yeah. So, um, you know, all the best to him and we'll see what his debut looks like. Um, but definitely, you know, nobody, fans or anyone should be here heaping pressure on him or calling out botches or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, like, just let he's a young boy still. So, you know, give him, give him the grace of finding his feet. Um, we also saw backstage Jungle Boy arriving at the <laughs> venue. Um, He's really in, into his Hollywood gimmick. Um, still chatting about how he's going to catch Hook and then have a FTW championship match. Um, Hook ran up on him, got some licks in before Jungle Boy jumped back in his car and made away. Um, so, yeah, they're continuing that story. We'll see where it gets to. I assume whenever they have the match, Jungle Boy takes the title from him. Um, but, yeah, any thoughts on this? No, I but, but short and sweet, and I think that was a response to last week. They were like, listen, we need to rehab the promo. So do you know what? We're going to put you on TV, quick segment, backstage segment, no pressure. Yeah. Get in and then get out. Yeah. Simple as. So I feel, I, feel, I feel like the promo worked better with him doing something rather than just yeah. hear Mike talking to the camera. So, mm. yeah, it, it was cool. It was absolutely fine. Um, And then we had another video package of um adam cole and mjf um basically they've gone to the gym to with each other they're doing buddy buddy stuff um mjf is trying to run jokes on um someone that was overweight in the gym adam cole telling him that's not what you should do but you know you know who that reminds me of they both in you know synchronize say tony shivani and burst out laughing they said they'll spot each other they never really spotted each other but neither man needed it um and yeah, this is all leading up to them kind of um, doing some gym work before their tag team match later on in the night. What did you think of this um, pre-recording? This, is, this was comedy gold, man. This is, this, I mean, this is exa- 
this is exactly why like we love MJF and Adam Cole. Like this is the t- obviously great in ring competitors, but like the side of their business they get is kind of the promos, the entertainment side that both of these guys are just charismatic in it, and mm. just pairing them together like. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. This is a, and this is the thing I said. I think last week is not necessarily about because we've seen can they coexist storylines a million times in wrestling. This is not the first, and this will certainly not be the last. But it's just about like make putting your own spin on things. That like, same thing with promos, and it's like these two guys because of just how charismatic and good at this side of wrestling they are. Like they, they, it's it's working like a like a charm, and it's really this, this is. I'm not gonna say this is what Adam Cole needed, but this is kind of like the pro. I think Adam Cole needed a big program with someone yeah. since because I think obviously he came in with the whole elite saga stuff, but then Kenny got injured, then the whole Paragon thing <laughs> fell by the wayside. Like and that, and that could be blamed on booking injuries, like everything that can that could have went wrong went wrong, went wrong about Paragon. Then he got injured. Then he came back and the Jericho feud was all right, but the match was like last star. I just felt like he just needed a good feud. And this is it. This MJF stuff is it. And it's firmly put him where he belongs, on that upper echelon of the card. Like on the, he's feuding with the champion. Oh, he's having a program with the champion, yeah. which will turn into a feud with the champion. And that's where he should be. Even if he doesn't win... That's fine. It's where he should be placed on the card. This is what Adam Cole should be doing. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. He 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 he's beginning to feel like a top star again, um, which is important because that's exactly what he is. Um, I noticed this maybe back in the Bullet Club days of Adam Cole. He has a terrific straight face. Like once he gets into that, you know, whatever they're acting out, whatever the case is. You can't crack him because them times, obviously, Bullet Cole, Bullet Bullet Club were pretty much jokers. They were like the, mm. the jocks in a school, like they were kind of the protagonist to everybody. But then when they would get caught slipping or when someone would get the upper hand on them, it's always like the shock factor and everything. And this guy would not crack. You'd see people kind of turning away and trying to not to laugh at anything. Like Adam Cole is just so good. Like, and, and I'm watching him with MJF and I'm thinking he must crack. He, he's got to. Like the rest of us are laughing, but he's just so good at keeping a straight face. And, um, you know, in this case, trying to tell the story of, you know, I'm, I'm keeping him at arm's length. I'm not really trusting yeah. him. Enough. Um, we'll, we'll get back to obviously the, these guys match that they had on the night. Um, but yeah, this was a really, really good segment and I guess got us ready for what was later on in the night. Um, back to the action, we had a um trios match, um, acclaimed and Billy Gunn versus Blade and the Bollywood Boys. Um, I guess straightforward match where the acclaimed got all of their kind of baby face spots in the scissor me timbers, all the scissoring stuff anyway. Um, ended it with a mic drop, and um, yeah, the, the match was the match was done. They they beat Blade and Bollywood Boys. Um, no real purpose for this match at all, but hey, acclaimed on TV. We had um, is it Harley from QTV? She came down to the ring, um, still trying to ultimately moved to um, Bowens 
but um he's he's not interested but she she reckons she's gonna win him over um any any comments what do you think of this segment no waste of time um i think we've said it before um but i think the acclaimed are over at probably we need some sort of direction with them yeah. and they do you know what i would say we've seen so much trios action without the trios champion which Normally, I'm Let's not mad about, about it. it. Let's talk. Normally, <laughs> I'm not mad about it because I feel like it is good for a division to exist with outside of the outside of the champions. Yeah, but if it was a thing where cool, and how and I've seen Malachi Black's comments where it's like, okay, he's he. I think House of Black are primarily going to be to collision people. That he said like he wants them to live on collision. Fine. If it was a thing where we're getting trio matches on Dynamite, and again, and then we're getting title matches on collision that's fine and again this is why i I missed the rankings because you could have justified all of this with hey acclaim the number three in the rankings they want to rise up the rankings but now it's just without that you just have random matches with no justification and it's just like and then the trio's champions like they're feuding with i'm sure they're building to um um, LFI versus House of Black Feud of Andrade and and Roosh, and then maybe someone else will join into the favor. We haven't seen them as a truest team. We've seen seen them as singles competitors for the most part. So, and again, this is a far cry from when like the elite had the titles, and then we were just getting trio. Well, to be fair, we were getting best of seven matches every week, but yeah. it was still con- it was still matches, yeah. Yeah, I, I think obviously we we know everything is just a bit better when the elite are yeah. at the center of it. Um, again, a problem with AEW that we've said, you know, eventually they're going to have to learn how to move away from because these men are getting older and, you know, can't always be relied on. You've got to build up everyone else. But, you know, these guys started their 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 run. It was relatively promising from the jump. They, they then reinvented it again with the... Um, House of Black rules, the open challenge rules, and that thing, and eventually, I felt I feel that fell flat because that last rule of the the challenging team makes the stipulation or whatever. No one ever seemed to take it seriously or really do something that gave them the upper hand. So, and yeah, since then, I don't know where that whole thing has gone. Don't know where the champions have gone. Like you rightly said, they've more or less appeared in a singles capacity. We've seen Brody King against Andrade. We've seen. Um, Buddy, Buddy Matthews against Andrade. Um, truly a heart, if you like. She's had her singles match with Anna Jay. Right now, Malachi is holding Andrade's mask. Like, you guys are still trios champions. <laughs> like, why are we not seeing anything, like anything at all of you having just a trio? Even if you're having, you're having the throwaway trios match with against Bollywood Boys and you That's know fine. Blade. That's exactly that's the champions on TV, but yeah, it's um, it's it's not. I don't know. It's not working. And right now, there isn't any kind of obvious. Right, okay, they're they're cooked. They're done. Who's next? I can't say who the next trios champions is going to be because yeah, there's not much really happening to develop. Maybe another team, unless it's the acclaimed and and Billy mm. Gunn. So exactly. Mm. So yeah, um, it's a it's a shame that they're. they're dropping the ball with this again it's like 
this is a company that kind of indirectly promised everyone that tag team wrestling was going to be front and center. And we still have great tag team matches um, and stuff like that. Like the show opened with, with, with a great tag team match. Um, but now you've got champions, even FTR, you know what they're going to have a, a match against um, Jay White and Juice, which will probably be a good match within the feud that's happening. But it's just like, this 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 isn't far from WWE caliber tag team no. stuff. You see what I mean? And you expect you expect better. Whether it's tag team or trios, you expect better. But yeah. Um we'll we'll see. We'll see if we get um any action over the weekend from um the trios champions there. Um so this is where again the show kind of went into um a few more vignettes and backstage segments. We first saw them kind of report um, Eddie Kingston's won the strong open weight title um, in um, was it Corican Hall, New Japan show. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was all over the place. I've seen some of the videos and stuff. Um, I've watched half half of that show. I haven't finished it, but um, yeah. Any thoughts on Eddie, um, Eddie Kingston becoming open yeah, champion, beating Kenta? I still need to watch the show because I haven't, I haven't had a chance to watch the show, but I will watch it. But um, yeah, do you know what? That it gives him. I'm glad he's won the title. It gives him some credibility going into G1 for the Japanese fans. Yeah, yeah he's like, yeah. okay, he's going into the G1 as a champion, and Eddie Kingston's family won the title. Do you know what? A lot of these, eight, I mean, it's Eddie Kingston and obviously Willow, but these man, hey, these man are winning championships in New Japan, so maybe that's the new, that, that's the new thing now. Just hey, like the roster stats right now is a bit tight for titles. Send them to Japan, in it, but um, I'm happy for Eddie. You know, um, yeah. I want, I want to see. Obviously, he'll be gone for like a month, so I want to see when he comes back, type of reception he gets, and also like. Will the strong title be defended on AEW? Um, you know, because I remember the days of obviously I remember the days of like pandemic. Um, John Moxie was defending that US title regularly, like yeah, yeah. regularly, like that, that was during the pandemic where people it was it was hard for people to fly out. Now you have the obviously New Japan are up and running again and have a lot more shows, so I don't expect like every week talent to come through but at least like let's have at least what three defense two three defenses yeah of the open title on maybe one of the shows it could be dynamite rampage or collision one of them i don't mind either which one it is mm. but yeah just uh, yeah once he comes up from the g1 unless they plan to have kingston lose it right after have have him defended the open weight title man make that cross promote like really open up that cross promotion man yeah, yeah, I think it's a good idea. I think it's a great spot for Eddie Kingston. Um, and maybe he can do some really good work with this that could make him uh, kind of enter him into contention within AEW for maybe the international trial title or TNT mm. title or something along those lines. Um, but yeah, good on him. Um, we saw John Moxley cut a promo on Kingston talking about how long they've known each other um, and how, you know, they've they've both gotten loads out of wrestling, more they can, than they could have ever hoped for. Um, and how he ended a promo on Eddie Kingston, you need to answer your phone. So it looks like maybe the, the, the um, what was it? The telling off, if you like, from Rene Paquette last week 
maybe got through to her husband and she's like, you know, <laughs> squashed this beef. And now yeah. John looks like he's actively trying to squash it somewhat. Eddie Kingston's not answering him. He's too busy becoming an open weight champion. So, yeah, we'll see where that goes. I was kind of left on the cliffhanger, that one. Um, backstage, um, Renee Paquette, again, um, with RJ City doing the, the Tombola draw for the blind eliminator. We've got Matt Hardy there and he puts his hand in. He pulls out a name, Jeff. He thinks it's his brother, Jeff Hardy. No, it's Jeff Jarrett. So Jeff Jarrett and Matt Hardy. I can't remember who their, their match is against on Rampage. Do you remember? No. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Um, so, yeah, that's on Rampage this week, Friday, if anyone remembers. And then we had a um, promo from Wheeler, Utah, talk about how he's obviously beaten Kenny Omega before. Um, he's on his ones tonight. He's going to go out there, repeat the act. He's going to take down Kenny Omega. So yeah, <laughs> what did you think of that? That um, the Wheeler. I, like, I like. I'm. I've been a huge fan of Wheeler. U has been my guy so ever since he joined Blackpool Combat yeah. Club. Like it's just elevated him, man. Wheeler, U, like of course, like he's not on the level of Omega or somebody, man. But Wheeler, U, uh, he's a. Do you know what? I feel like get some gold on him at some point. Um, at some point, me like now is not the time. I, it's, there's no rush because yeah. I feel like him in the Blackpool Combat Club it works, and he 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 works as like the, you know the the young upstart of the group. But you know, I think at some point get some gold on him. You know, like I said, TNT something. Well, with way Christian and Luchasaurus, I'm even that title might be that might that title might not be available for a while. But yeah, I, I, I'm a huge fan of Lou Yu. I feel like he was somebody when he first joined AEW, I could not give a toss about. I, mm-hmm. I was like, he's this guy with best friends. Like I'd heard good things about him on the indies, but I didn't care. But once he joined those John Moxley matches, the day he really you as the origin of Pour It. Yeah, I think I debuted Pour It. Yeah, he's the origin of Pour It. So you yeah. know I have to credit Wheeler Yu for that. But um yeah, man, uh, him in Blackpool Combat Club is amazing. And yeah, you know, him just talking this stuff to Kenny Omega. He did pin Kenny Omega. So this was a great vignette leading to the match, man. Yeah, stylistically, like I enjoyed his his pure championship run. Mm. Um, stylistically, I just think becoming pure champion or Ring of Honor TV champion or even Ring of Honor world champion, I just feel that fits better than any title AEW have to offer yeah it's, it's a bit of a weird one but I may, maybe just just because of where his character is right now um but yeah he's definitely you know to be given a main event spot with Kenny Omega is massive for him um so yeah kudos to him we'll see that, talk about that match a bit later on um Chris Jericho comes down to the ring. He's getting big cheers. Obviously, he's in Canada. He talks about, you know, where he is in Canada, where, where they are in Alberta, Canada, um, his his history of how he came through the ranks um, in here and other towns locally. Talks about that he needs to make some changes to his career. Um, and then before he could really say much more, Don Callis ominous music strikes. The music was giving me jokes. Like, um, <laughs> the music comes on and he's You see the wallpaper? Like, you, see, you see the, um, the, the, yeah, the, the, the back of the, yeah, the artwork? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, he's smashing it. Um, he walks down to the ring and um, he basically says to Jericho, 
um, you know, both men kind of showing their ego here that, you know, I know you wanted something different. I offered you something. You came to the Tokyo Dome. You made history. Kelly Omega, this company exists because you and Kelly Omega done what you did. I put you on, basically. And Jericho in return says to him, like, at the same time, you were just doing, you know, other business and stuff like that. Um, I know you wanted to return to to wrestling. I gave, in you know, you opportunity, this, that, and the other. Um, you should be thanking me. So, a little bit back and forth there. Don Callis goes back to the point of Jericho saying that, you know, I heard you want an opportunity, you want a new start, you want a change. Come and join me in um my family as part of Don Callis's family. And then we see Jericho kind of the do the whole shtick of oh, what? You want me to join your family? Like, you, do you know who I am? I don't make, I don't join factions. I make factions. Do you want me to join? Do you want me to join? I've got a one word answer for you. And I said, he's, he's going to join. He's going to say yes. And just, you know, poo-poo this whole thing on the whole crowd. Chris Jericho answered, maybe. And he walked out of the ring. What's your thoughts here in terms of this family and what he's trying to put together? Do you think that... Um, Chris Jericho will commit will maybe this go to um, blood and guts and Chris Jericho is one of the men in the blood and guts match back in um, BCC maybe what's your thoughts on this um, I feel like in regards to the segment I actually thought he'd say no I, I, I can't lie I got, I, I got swerved I bought into it um, I was like no Chris Jericho, Chris Jericho don't that, even me I was like Chris Jericho don't join factions like, what, I thought he was going to say yes <laughs> I was like, what's this? That like, this is Jericho. And then he was like, maybe I was like, this is strange, but I like it. It's like, I have no idea what this Callis family is. I have mm. no idea who's gonna be a member. Obviously, we can assume Takeshi's like a part of it. He's he's a yeah. member of some sorts. But um, I don't know. I don't think he'll get involved in blood and guts. I feel like if anything, I don't this is then uh, if anything, I would want somebody completely foreign because. Um, obviously, we can heavily speculate who's coming for the elite. It might not be that person, but we can heavily speculate. I'd, I'd want someone of like that level of surprise or yeah. of a similar stature for the Blackpool Combat Club. But yeah, um, this is interesting. Of Don Callis's heat never fails. Like I could like just the booing, just uh, excellent, excellent, excellent character. Um. <laughs> Him and Jericho together is interesting. Uh, that's a dynamic. I don't even know how that's gonna work. Like, are they gonna cut off Judas? Like, because uh, if 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 he Jericho's a heel, you gotta yeah. If Jericho's a heel with Callus, like Jericho has a heel sometimes. Like, he's fine, but he's one of those heels where he can sing along to his songs. Right, right, right. Yeah, but if yeah. you're with Callus, you can't do none of that. Like, yeah. Callus has to be absolutely detestable, but. I have no idea. And what does this mean for Sammy Guevara and Jericho as well? Because obviously they've got a little yeah. situation situation going on. Don't know if they if they if they've put that storyline on pause for now. But um it's interesting. I don't know. Like it's it's one of these things where like unpredict what is unpredictability in wrestling. Like we like it. Like I've I'm just here for the ride at this point. I don't know what they're gonna do, but I trust Don Callis and Chris Jericho creatively to put something together that's going to be it's going to be a good one yeah one thing that just came into my mind or came into my mind when i was watching this segment trying to process it and i can't say i want this to happen but at the same time you know this is at this point aew heritage 
are they trying to do some type of Jericho joins Callis and then we get Jericho versus Omega at All In? Absolutely not. Absolutely, Absolutely not, not because that's not what you want, which is not what I want no. either. But I'm just trying to process it and I'm thinking it's AEW heritage. Like it is, but it's the the match has so far passed its sell by date. Correct. Yeah. That I feel yeah, like I feel like the time I remember they were still trying to do like early on before the pandemic happened. I remember they were building to like elite versus um Inner Circle, um, mm. Blood and Guts. That, that was the first ever match with Blood yeah, and Guts. Yeah. But I just feel like this Callis stuff, like like this Jericho Omega stuff, like I think it's like even storyline-wise, them two have had nothing to do with each other. And even if you listen to that Jericho on commentary when he's had the few chances to commentate on the Kenny Omega matches, it seems like the beef is squashed. Like, there's nothing really to discuss here. So for them to revisit it, like, as a match, no. But even storyline-wise, I'm like, there's no real reason that we've been, we've passed this. Like, we've, like, I think the match, I don't know what Omega's matches are all in. Like, I have no idea. Um, but if it's Jericho again, I think this that's a colossal disappointment in my opinion. Yo, yo, so uh, according to the rumors now, there's like seventy thousand plus tickets, right? So you're gonna put Jericho Omega seventy k people in terms of. Okay, I understand in terms of like getting the arse are already in seats. Yeah, they're, they're yeah, already true. there. You don't. They're true. already here. You don't need to convince people, and I feel like especially for all in. Essentially, AW are performing to an entirely new audience, like mm-hmm. of people who don't know who they are. In terms of, of course, there's bare heart, there's bare of us hardcores, but a lot of the people that are going to go be, be at Wembley, it's going to be probably their first, yeah, their first AW show live, and some some people their first ever AW show. Yeah, you want to put on a you want to put on a show where, oh my God, who is this Kenny Omega guy? What what type of match did he put on with so on and so forth? That's that's kind of the impact you want all in to have. And in my opinion, Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho isn't that. It isn't that for the AEW fans because we've seen it before. And it isn't that for the new audience where it's going to be like, hey, Chris Jericho, he's cool. Cool. Kenny Omega, <laughs> who's... Okay, this match was something. Nah. No, I just get flashbacks to uh, AJ Styles and Chris Jericho WWE. And that was a younger Chris Jericho. Yeah. Nah, I'm, I'm not with that. I'm not with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. But yeah, I can just see the dynamic now of obviously Kenny was my guy going into this. Um, now you're my guy effectively and we're going up against him because I don't like him. I hope I'm wrong in it. Um, yeah, all right, let's keep going. Um, a few video packages here. Um, CM Punk versus Mo Joel to sell us on that match happening on Saturday. Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks as well. Um, they told a story of how Samoa Joel um, took out Roderick Strong and he was taken away after the match on a gurney, neck brace in, and all sorts. Uh, Strong was still backstage with a neck brace. Um, I think he was telling Renee that you know he still respects um, Samoa Joe, but obviously he's a he's a madman and and ting and beat him up proper. Um, Adam Cole walks in. Adam Cole comes to check on um, Roderick Strong. Roderick Strong again is warning him of MGF, but Adam Cole you know pleads that he's in control of the situation, and he gets a text from MGF about using a double clothesline um, in their match tonight. 
So we go on to the match, MGF and Adam Cole versus The Butcher and Matt Menard from JAS. Um, MGF makes the, a comical rendition of Adam Cole's entrance, um, basically m- mimicking Adam Cole down the ramp and everything he does. Gets into the ring and almost starts mimicking um, Roderick Strong and, and his you know, what he does within that entrance as well when he's tagging with Adam Carwell from the Undisputed Era days and stuff. Um, they have this match, you know, there's a part where MGF tries to get him to to cheat, to hold his arm and stuff, provide more leverage and that. Um, referee sees them and all this kind of stuff. Um, it's a straightforward match where we all knew he was going to win. Um MJF wants this double clothesline. It never comes. Adam Cole hits Matt Menard with the boom and pins him. Match is done. We then move into um, a segment following this match um, where basically MJF is saying that, yeah, we should have hit the double clothesline, but cool, whatever. Um, It is Adam Cole's birthday and MGF has kind of put together some festivities for him. Balloons, streamers, production crew walk down with a cake and all this kind of thing. Um, I was laughing when they they put the hat on Adam Cole and then I think Adam Cole was about to say something and he put the the whistle in his his mouth and just shut him up. Um, MGF obviously just went into overdrive. He loves these kind of really corny segments and stuff. And he started the singing, the happy birthday singing and was stealing the show with the singing. Um, you know, they sent Cole to go and blow out his candles and MGF is here telling the camera that I'm going to push his face in the cake. I'm going to push his face in the cake. And when Adam Cole feels the pressure on him that, you know, he's being pushed, he reverses it and slams MGF into the cake. Um, they both kind of laugh about it. But Adam Cole, the whole time he's resisting, doesn't want to do it, blah, blah, blah. Adam Cole tells him at the end, like, you know, I appreciate all of this. You're a good friend or a good pal. Or says something along those along those lines. Um, brilliant segment. The match was a bit whatever, but, you know, we we knew what the match was just, it was just there, really, to, to move the story along. Um, but from the segments, these guys had um, loads of fun and, now you can't help but think, um, you know, Adam Cole is, his heart is softening towards MGF and Roderick yeah. Strong might have something to do with, you know, I don't know, bringing Adam Cole back to realisation or turning on Adam Cole, maybe himself, saying, you know, I'm your best friend and you're now replacing me. Um, what did you think of this? Yeah, I thought this is just very entertaining stuff. Um, you can definitely see Adam Cole, like, you know, like lowering his guard, and I don't know, like, I don't, like, there's, obviously, we all know MJF is going to turn on Adam Cole. The question is just how? Mm. Is it a thing where they make it? Because they make it all the way to the finals. Because I remember during the pandemic at AW, they did something similar with Chris Jericho and MJF, um, where they were like, you know, the, they were kind of like people hated each other, then became friends. And then they challenged for the title the tag team titles against the Young Bucks of Revolution and then they lost. And that's kind of when um, things kind of went to like um, to a disaster. So mm. are they going to do it like that? Or is it a thing where MJF just wants Adam Cole to loosen his guard and then boom, at any opportunity, costs him like midway through a match? I don't know. I don't know how this is going to unfold. All I know is that however it happens, like it's, it's, I trust both of these guys to, to pull something off and then 
Yeah, man. I feel like obviously this is probably going to be the match at All In, um, the title match at All In, and the build for it so far. Hey, I'm I'm very satisfied. So let's keep it going, man. Let's keep it going. Um, and I, and I kind of want to see them stretch this the friendliness between these guys for a bit longer. I don't know. I like seeing these guys as friends. Like keep it this way for a while. Yeah, keep it this way for a while. Character wise, they're kind of one in the same. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of good potential here, and I guess Adam Cole in one in the segment he agreed to go training with him again or something, didn't he? Yeah. So we're definitely probably going to get another vignette um, of that. Um. So you, you you just said Adam Cole versus MJF at All In. So I guess a week later, there's All Out. Do you assume that's probably CM Punk and MJF? Punk, Punk especially because of that title thing he's holding. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I'm still like, I don't know how they're going to do the double build to the show because essentially you've got to build one on top of the other because you can't have a weak build for all out. I mean, I, I don't know. But well, yeah. I get it. now you've got the benefit of building one on collision one and one on dynamite. Yeah. Um, but yeah. as long as they play the fact of MGF literally, you know, almost losing it that he's got two guys chasing him down for his title. He's got no heavy and like Wardlow to help him or protect him or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and then if he overcomes Adam Cole and CM Punk in back to back weeks, as we expect, the snarkiness has to be on another oh, yeah. level completely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it will be interesting once we once we get to that um in the next what seven to eight weeks or so. Mm-hmm. Um, how that how that's gonna play out. Um next up we had um Britt Baker backstage. She was cutting a promo on Ruby Soho about you know how she beat Ruby Soho in the Owen tournament last year to win the title, and that she's obviously gonna do it again. The only thing she's annoyed about is in the first round this time. And um Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara, they were backstage with Renee Paquette and Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho um I guess broke the news to them that you know, yeah, he was considering this offer. And Daniel Garcia was like, But you know, you should be with us in JAS. And Jericho's telling them, Look, you man need to kind of fly on your own. I can't be there all the time. Um, Renee breaks the news that Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara are gonna be tagging in the blind eliminator tournament. Um Jericho says, yeah, see, this is a great opportunity to kind of go on without me sort of thing. So just kind of still um, stretching out that dynamic um, in the JAS and how, um, you know, these men might feel about Jericho's possible decision that he's still to make. We had the women's tournament match, um, Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker. Um, Decent enough match. Obviously, the outcasts played a very heavy role throughout trying to help Ruby Soho, distracting the referee, all that kind of stuff. Um, in the end, we saw um Britt Baker's lockjaw. Um she had she had Ruby in it, and then they pulled Soraya pulled Ruby out onto the to the floor. Um Britt Baker, she beat up the outcasts. Um, on the outside, but rolled into the ring. She got rolled up by Ruby Soho and Tony Storm, I think it was, helped Ruby Soho for some leverage there. Um, so yeah, Ruby Soho got the win over Bit Breaker in this match. Um, any thoughts on this? I thought it was an okay match. I'm happy. I, a lot of people, well, I saw um, Brian Alvarez tweet something um, about Britt Baker losing too much of recent memory. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, 
there could be credence to that because I feel like Britt Baker of recent memory has lost, but I feel like in this match, for spe- specifically for the Owen, I feel like she had to lose because only she won it last year, and for the progression of the outcasts, she needed to lose. And we we said before like Ruby Soho is kind of like one of our like top picks for this to for for women yeah. to win this, mm. so it makes sense. But yeah, I do. I kind of do want Britt Baker back in that title scene. And she's in, like, the top women's feud. But no, I really want Britt Baker back in that picture. Even even if you have to, like, put her in the TBS picture against Chris Statlander, you can do that now. Because I yeah. think Chris Statlander's a name that's credible enough. Like, it makes sense for her to go against Britt, where, as with Jade, it was like... I don't know, putting Jade against Britt might not have, might not have been the move, but since Chris Statlander's like an AW original, she's been in the company all the time, you can you can run something like that back, but I definitely feel like Britt Baker kind of needs to be showcased again, because she was the ace of the, vi- of the division for a long time, and it's good that the division's kind of moved past that one person being on top, yeah. but at the same time, like we need to, we need to be reminded of like, Brit Brit was the ace of the division for a reason. Like she was super promising. Like her and the pandemic carried that division on her back. So yeah, yeah, I think we need to get back to that. Like, let Brit Brit be Brit. Those and also, the- where's Thunder Rosa? Uh, she was on the Collision promo packages. Yeah. I see. Th- I've seen all of these man that out that were advertised for Collision come. I see Thunder Rosa do nothing. Yeah, not even in like a, you know, they're throwing sky blue into just any digger digger matches on collision. They're not even throwing Thunder Rosa into those positions. So, yeah, very interesting how they are using her or not using her, even after knocking on Tony's door, um, seemingly asking for more opportunities. Um, with Britt Baker, yeah, um, and if you said, oh, I think she's on commentary. Yeah, she's on Spanish commentary. Um, yeah. Is she injured? She must be injured. That's the only justification. She must be injured, surely. So why did she knock on my man's door then? Just to say, maybe in the future I'll be... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, it's more... Enough, it's more than Forbidden Door. She 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 does commentary with um, Abrahantes and, and whoever else does commentary. Like, she's a regular fixture on Spanish commentary. Um, and she has been since she got injured. So, yeah, it, it, it's just weird that, yeah, she came out, she knocked on Tony Khan's door, same way Miro has, and we can see Miro every week on, um, what do you call this thing? <laughs> it's a surprise. Um, on, we see Miro every week on Collision since then, and um, it's on the road, like you say, in NK, still, still no sight of her. Um, I think, like you're mentioning, Britt Baker, yeah, it will be good to see her in a good position. I think with Statlander, we don't like Statlander's been brilliant since he's been champion, but we don't want to get into the open challenge, open challenge every week, like we have been getting so far. And yeah. it's literally what we saw with Jade. Um, yes, the matches are longer, yes, the matches are better, but we've literally just seen this format. So getting going into even the likes of all in, all out, Brit would be a fantastic name for Statlander to have a good story with and beat. Um or even Tony Storm, where she's connected to this outcast stuff now. You know, Tony Storm could have a, a good match with Britt Baker as well, um, going into that that big show. I mean, I'm, who else? Unless they, unless Jamie Hater is obviously back, there there isn't anyone else in terms of name value that Tony Storm can have a match with. 
in, within the company. I'm not talking about Mercedes or anyone from outside the company. Yeah. Um, within the company, it's kind of got to be Jamie Hayter. And if Jamie Hayter is not ready to go, you probably call on Britt Baker, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I think um, come the next few weeks, getting towards these pay-per-views, knowing the health of... Um, Jamie Hayter will probably help decide some of these things, but she should surely be shooed in for either the um, the TBS title match at one of those shows or the world title match. Just on this title as well, Jade Cargill, um, I don't know if you saw this, she's just enjoying life right now. A fan asked her, do you plan to come back to AEW or come back to wrestling anytime soon? She said no. Full stop. No. <laughs> like... Obviously, she could just be working. But with a show like All In, again, we don't need any quote-unquote draws. They've sold 70,000 tickets already. Um, Do you include someone that is almost quite high profile in AEW, such as Jade, on that card? Do you think that's like a spot where she maybe comes back and has a rematch with Statlander or something like that? I don't know about a rematch, but you put her on the card somehow. I don't. I. I it's gonna sound corny, lazy. Even the women's battle royal or something. Mm. Just um, because I don't think, I don't think her going back for the TBS title was a good thing. Because I feel mm-hmm. like that one loss she took against Statlander should kind of be like the it's one enough. loss she takes. Yeah, it's enough. But I just. 70,000 people. Jay Cargill, like the, the main selling point about her is, is her star power. Is you know, just just look at her, she looks like a star. And having her in an arena full of 70,000 people is like a must. But just finding a way to organically include her there is tough because unless they do a women's battle royal, I don't I don't know yeah, how you do it. Or you do or maybe you do a multi-man match for the TBS title. That way she's involved, but she doesn't get pinned. Yeah. And she's yeah, I, yeah, do you know I, I think yeah, just do like a fatal forward for the TBS title. Like have her showcase her stuff. And then that way and that way it kind of protects her work-wise as well, because she doesn't have to, you know, like carry the match as well. You know, there'll be other people there. Maybe throwing, I don't know. Uh, I'm just throwing names off top of the hat. I Willow, uh, maybe Statlander, Willow, Sky Blue, Jade Cargill. Those are people mm-hmm. though, that have been pushed on TV um, as of recently. So, yeah, those are just names I just thought of. That's a good idea. Um, another idea that just came to me is if you have like a battle royal, but like not not one where the champion, the winner gets a title shot. Like if they done something like a women's um, dynamite diamond ring. Okay. And a battle royal and Jade could win that. And Jade with a, with a diamond ring pretty much within her character as well. Um, And that could just be a quick, you know, nothing match that feels like something. Um, And Jade, that's kind of like her new gimmick now that she won this match. She's got the ring or whatever the case is. Um, but yeah, I think um, you you seventy thousand people you get Jade on the card yeah. um, because she just even outside of wrestling, just in terms of um, as an ambassador for AEW, she has done a hell of a lot over the last year and stuff. So yeah, it'll be a really good spot for her and her doing promo in this country and all the shows as great as she looks and all of that stuff. I just think it, it makes sense. Uh, yeah. So yeah, it would be a good spot for her. Um, 
Cool. That leads us to, you know, um, we're, like, we're going to get, I think it's on Dynamite next week, Ruby Soho versus Sky Blue. That's the semi-final of the um, Owen tournament for the women and the other semi-finals on Collision this week, um, Athena versus Willow, which should be good. Um, mm -hmm. Main event time, Wheeler Utah versus Kenny Omega. Um it was great to see Kenny Omega. Big ovation in Canada as he came down. His first singles match since um, the loss he took to Will Ospreay at Forbidden Door. Um, I guess his first sighting since then as well. He hasn't been on TV. Um, I don't think he was on TV before, but he yeah, this is his first match since then. Um, Wheelie Uta jumped him, got a jump start on Omega, um, started beating him up as his entrance music was still going on as he just entered the ring. Omega's obviously got the, the Kelezio tape and everything like that. He's still hurting. Um, really good match. Lots of good action between between these two. Um, there was a point where you are um, poked Omega in the eye, um, hit him with some German suplexes um, and got a two at the, at the end of the sequence. Um, there was a V-trigger from Omega, um, but his shoulder couldn't, um, it gave out. There was a point he would done the, you you can't escape and try to do yeah. the kip up and just collapsed a bit. And I, I, you know what, I've seen I've seen that him do that within him and one of Okada's matches. Um, and I just thought, this this guy's excellent, man. <laughs> like the, the level of selling here, like yeah. you know, just something just so easy that you, we know we've, he's done it a million times. Like, but if you haven't seen him kind of falter that, that before, like you, you can easily fall for it. Like, um, so yeah, we, we had that. Um, to kind of get to the finish, um, we saw um, Omega put away, um, I think, him with. Um, you uh, you uh, put him in like the seatbelt pin of what he beat him with beforehand, um, and then we saw um, Don Callis comes in to try and make a, um, a distraction. Takeshita hits a enormous blue thunder bomb. That man was spinning for time um, on Omega. Um, Utah hit Omega with his two, and then Omega hits from the top rope um, hits him with a one winged angel. You know, no one kicks out. Angel. Once you're hit with it, and Omega gets the win over Wheeler Utah, there was no time for celebration. Claudio Castagnoli come down to the ring, come to rush the Omega. Um, we saw the Bucks come down with uh, with with Hangman, and they came to um, make the save. And then we saw the Dark Order come in and get involved and took a chair from Hangman as well. Um, I believe we're getting the Bucks and Hangman on. Rampage against Dark Order as well. So yeah, a, a good match to for the for the main event. A really good showing for Wheeler Utah. Kenny Omega gets the win, but um, yeah, not much of standing tall because he's beat up. And yeah, Claudio came in, and we're obviously in the midst of BCC versus the Elite, and now Dark Order are uh, setting their sights on maybe particularly Hangman as well. What did you think of this main event match and angle? Uh, I thought the main match was good. Um, again, Kenny, this is kind of what I what I love about Kenny, just like the small details. Like, you know, he took a Tiger Driver 91 and he's selling it two weeks later as like this devastating move. And Excalibur was putting it on commentary, like his equilibrium's off. And even the way Kenny was, even there was another spot where he tried to get 
obviously the setup for the one with age was like Kenny like you know puts people on his shoulders and lifts them up, but he couldn't do that in the match because of he was still selling the injury to like his um head and neck and was like yeah, and, and that's kind of what made the match between him and you a competitive and it was yeah, just like you know, Kenny's but um work as an in-ring competitor speaks for itself. I just thought like the selling of this match was incredible. Um and yeah, obviously we got the um standard if it was like a standard BCC beatdown. Um, I'm not going to say this is a, as a critique, but a lot of the time we figure out like the story beats to the feud post Dynamite because like people be uploading clips they have of the show about Kenny cutting promos, mm. um, about who's going to recruit, and I'm conflicted because I feel like some of the stuff should be on TV, but then the nature of like those promos he's cutting at the end of Dan at the end of Dynamite it's very long winded and they feel they don't feel like promos just feel like okay I'm hanging out with the crowd but I'm gonna drop yeah I'm gonna drop some story beats here but I'm hanging out with the crowd and I, and I don't think that would translate exactly well to TV but I do feel maybe on next week's Dynamite they address the fact that because they on this week's Dynamite they have a, they did put um the blood and guts um poster and then they left two spaces blank yeah so we do know that there is some sort of recruitment going on but i don't know I've, i would have felt like it would have been nice for kenny to be like this isn't over you know wait till i get whoever i'm gonna get or whatever but um yeah and i kind of want to see who blackpool combat club recruit because i feel with, with with the elite like there's only one person to recruit everything other than that is a disappointment like it's <laughs> it's a disappointment i'm so sorry yep. like, like you've like and i trust aw to do it because they've done it before like when they were teasing cm punk back mm. um all out well like if it's not cm punk it's a disappointment and turn out to be cm punk so you know and even just, just i was looking on my phone sean Rossap um or fightful put out a story saying um kenny omega and um not kenny omega Kota Ibushi and AW have been in conversation recently, so of course. Of, uh, I mean, yeah, but with Blackpool Combat Club, that's the one where I'm like, okay, I'm really speculating. Who the hell could it be? Um, some people, so, um, somebody said on Twitter, um, that it might be Desperado because John Mox and Desperado just had that um match yeah. in a New Japan, you know, you know, and the whole thing about BCC is that you know bleed to get in so you know they've bled he they've bled together i wouldn't mind that to be honest that that would be very interesting but i don't know john mox doesn't have a lot of friends so yeah and i, I the, the thing is obviously danielson's missing and that would have been great uh yeah. eddie kingston g1 shota g1 g1 uh, yeah it's very hard to see at this point but you know you, you probably don't want one surprise to outshine the other so yeah. yeah, they could probably get away with Despi, which everyone would enjoy his work, and he's he's perfect for this kind of match. To be completely honest, yeah, obviously the star that is Kota Ibushi coming in for the elite. Um, yeah, when is the Blood and Guts? Is two weeks time? I believe so. I think yeah, I think it's in two weeks. Yes, I think next week might be the go home to Blood and Guts. Yeah, let me check. Nineteenth, I think it is. Yes. Um, yeah, Wednesday nineteenth. Yeah, yeah. So two. So uh, so so maybe that a... that kind of promo you saw that the one that Kenny Omega done, we get some type of more succinct version of it on Dynamite next week. Just a bit yeah. of that 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 open tease that AEW done with CM Punk, like you were mentioning, that you know I went to Japan and I've called a friend. 
or just something along those lines, which yeah. basically tells everyone it's Kotobushi without telling everyone I'm calling Kotobushi. Do you think we get Kotobushi next week or at Blood and Guts? Like, do you think his first appearance is at Blood and Guts or do you think he comes in for the save next week? I, I think at Blood and Guts would be better. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Despite it not being a pay-per-view or anything like that. Um, yeah, I think at, at Blood and Guts as the last man to enter or whatever the case is or make his entrance. Yeah, yeah that would be cool. But yeah, man, that's um that's bubbling and that was that was dynamite, as we said at the kind of top of the show. Um there's some good stuff on collision that's set to happen this this next week. Um but yeah, we're we're building, we're building slowly. We've got blood and guts in two weeks, we've got all in, all out in about seven, eight, nine weeks. So TV may be a bit slower right now, um, as we're trying to kind of form stories and get to those mm-hmm. big shows back to back. And how they're even going to book TV with those two shows, one after another, is going to be something to behold. But I don't, I don't put them past. They can do it. It will be difficult, but I'm sure they can, they can do a job there. Yeah, but yeah. Um, that has been our show. Um, appreciate everyone for tuning in. Um, make sure you hit the like button on your way out and subscribe to Rest Things if you are new here as well. We'll be back same time next week with another episode of revolution radio the go home show to blood and guts like nk just said so hopefully that'll be good and we'll chat about you know how the owen tournament has progressed what the finals are going to be looking like because we should probably know by then so um yeah a lot of good stuff that's going to happen next week's show make sure you tune in and we'll see you guys in the next one (laughs) 